Second Peter, chapter three. I don't want to cut anyone off, but <clears throat> Second Peter, chapter three. I'm going to read verses 14 to 18. I'm going to be looking at some things in the earlier part of the chapter as well. 2 Peter 3, verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, and that's, that's that wherefore is a conjunction, so it's making reference to what was preceded. Uh, and what preceded was the coming of the day of God, verse 12, and the renewal of the earth, uh, a new heaven and a new earth. So wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found in him, of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. So, title message is Steadfast in an Apocalyptic World. That's a word the world likes to use. And uh, so let's pray and then look at this. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for uh, the opportunity and privilege we have to open your preserved word for us in the English language in the King James Bible. We thank you, Father, that for your promises as you've given and that we can rest, trust, and depend upon them, knowing that they are yea and amen. Uh, we know that thou changest not. And uh, we thank you for that consistency and faithfulness. Father, we pray that as we look into the Word of God today, that we'd, as we consider these things and consider the days and times in which we're living, that we'd not be uh, turned from our own steadfastness, but we would be uh, preserved into the day of Jesus Christ and faithful until His coming. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, people like to talk about the apocalypse. Um, and that word means a prophetic revelation, especially, especially concerning a cataclysmic event in which the forces of good permanently triumph over the forces of evil. Um, however, if you read what the world has to say about the apocalypse, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of um, mysticism and fanaticism involved in all that. Now, Peter has written concerning the apostasy of the last days. That's really what Second Peter is about, about the falling away of, of, uh, of professing Christianity or professing believers, and, and then about the day of the Lord. Uh, and the day of the Lord is referring to when Jesus will return in judgment in, um, uh, at the end of the revelation, uh, at the end of the tribulation. And, and, and a... And he talks here about a, uh, creating uh, God, uh, recreating the heaven and the earth. So, you know, again, the world talks about this, a time of widespread disaster and destruction. Of course, it puts many in fear and anxiety concerning the future. And if you look at things from a worldly perspective, 
um, there's a lot to be concerned about. There's a lot to be concerned about. Um, you know, the Bible talks about distress of nations, men's hearts failing them for fear, Matthew 24 and 25. Uh, we know that suicide has skyrocketed. Um, I just heard yesterday in an in a, uh, interview with a, um, a high-ranking military official that, that um, 50 to 60,000 children have gone missing in Ukraine since the start of the war. That's just one year, 50 to 60,000. By the way, Ukraine, you know, whatever you believe about Ukraine, Ukraine is one of the most corrupt nations on the face of the earth. And a lot of things that's going on there we don't really understand because the new, we're being kept from the real news. But anyway, um, but Peter t- writes concerning all these things and the apostasy and the apocalypse, and, and he, he tells us what the days are going to be like. Of course, there's going to be scoffers. Uh, chapter 3 and verse 3 says this, Know also in the last, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. So those are, they're going to be those who are going to mock uh, the the belief in the coming of Christ, you know, saying it's been, you know, this this has gone on so long, you know, surely you don't still believe in this coming and all that, and and really the the justification is they want to walk in their own lust, and they are they are willingly ignorant. Verse five, that means they are purposely ignorant of the truth. So like the 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 person I mentioned this morning who who thinks he know they know a lot about God, but yet won't read the Bible to really learn what God is like. That's, I, can, I don't know how else to say that, but that's purposely ignorant. I mean, it's, it's of their own choosing. Uh, if you want to have knowledge about something, you study it. You, you research it. But the thing is, you know, people that mock and that deny God don't want to study His Word. Oh, well, that's, I think the explanation for that is really rather simple because 70, 75% of the Bible is against you. I mean, it, 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 it reveals your real person, your sinful nature, your, your natural inclination to that which is evil. It, 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 shows you, it shows us for who we really are. We're dead in trespasses and sins. So, you know, most people don't want to don't read that where it says... The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Well, that's not very encouraging. But it also says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So, so anyway, the, these are all things that we see going on in the world. But he reminds us that we're not to be ignorant of one thing. Verse 8. That one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. And the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us were, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, though we, we, there seems to be a delay in the Lord's coming, the Lord's promise is not slack or being delayed, or he's not lazy about his coming. No, he's giving man time, mankind time to repent. To accept the truth, to receive the witness of God, and be born again. But that day, at some point, will end. So, as we consider all these things that are the 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 the, the apostasy and everything that's upon us, how how should we be? How should we be in these last days? First of all, we should not be shaken. 
nor concerned. Look at verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things. In other words, you know God in his word has written concerning these things that are going to happen. So we have knowledge about them. The other day I was sent a video. I think it was in London. Of a guy with an Amazon card going in an Amazon store. And you flash your card. It gets you through the door. And you pick up things you want. And it's automatically deducted from your Amazon account. If you don't have the card, you can't get in the door. And if you don't have the card, you can't buy anything in the store. And I was reminded of Revelation chapter 13. Now, turn there for a minute. Revelation 13. Verse 11 says, I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. He exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. He doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. He had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Now, 50 years ago, people would have said, even by believers would have said, I don't know how... How in the world this could ever be so? How could somebody control everything that everybody buys and sells? It's impossible. Is it impossible anymore? Absolutely not. Now, understand this was written around 96 A.D., This is not the words of man, although God used a man to pen it. These are the words of God. God knows what the future holds. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, He is omnipresent. He's everywhere present. Jesus said in John 3, the Son of Man which is in heaven, he was standing on earth when he said that. You know, God is everywhere present. He's in the past, the present, and the future all at the same time. And he knows, (coughs) and so he knew, although we couldn't understand 30 years ago how this would be possible, but now we can understand how this could easily be possible. So when he says, Beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. You know, we're not to be fretting and frazzled and worried about what we see going on in the world because we know that the Lord said these things are going to happen in the last days. And some of, you know, and, 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 you know, we can expect these things to happen so we should not be surprised or shocked or offended when it does. Uh, we're just continue to, to serve the Lord. We're not to be shaken. 
psalmist said in Psalm 37, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou amiss the workers of iniquity. So we're not to be shaken. Again in verse 17, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. You know, the Bible uses this kind of terminology quite often. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, again, uh, there the Lord uh, addresses the church at Thessalonica that was, was worried and concerned about the day of the Lord and, and His coming and so on and so forth. And in 2 Thessalonians 2, chapter 2, in verse 1, He says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. So whether it's a, <coughs> a teaching, or a word, a preaching of the word, somebody saying it, or a letter that somebody's written, he says this, Know that the day of Christ is at hand, but don't let any man deceive you by any means. That day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposes and exalted himself above all those called God. That's, of course, referring to the Antichrist. So, so he, he's, he's writing to them and saying, look, don't be, don't be disturbed. Don't be shaken. There has to be a falling away first. By the way, I believe we're in the midst of that. I mean, uh, the movement away from Bible-believing churches is vast and fast in many places. Uh, all over the world, uh, there's you know the, the a lot of these um, you know Hollywood has has promoted a lot of false gospel st- stuff. There's the the latest one that's put out with a, full of mysticism, is the Chosen. It's a video uh, DVD. Uh, it's called the Chosen. And I had somebody ask me to watch it, see what I thought about it, and uh, I watched part of it. And um, you know there's some things in there that are right. But there's a lot of us that's wrong. And it's all mystical. It's all mystical. It's like, like it's talking about the life of Jesus and his disciples, you know, but there's, there's all this mystery surrounding it. And, and they have a lot of things backwards. And, and, but it's, it's a way to seduce our people from the real truth. It's a counterfeit. That's what it is. Uh, again, it'd be like going to a garbage can and trying to find a meal. Well, there may be some things in there that would be good for you, you know, that somebody might throw out. But the rest of it might poison you, and that's about what it's like. So, that's the, you know, this is the following way we see. So, we're not to be shaken. We're not to be seduced uh, from the faith. He says in verse 17, uh, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things beforehand, beware lest ye also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. And we're not to allow the world or the tribulation that's in the world to draw us away from trusting in the Lord. And, and like I said, there's a lot of disturbing things going on in the world. But if we make those our focus too much, they'll wear us down. They'll wear us down. Yeah. I was to see a guy yesterday, and he said, uh, "He said part of my problem is I worry. I'm worrying a lot. And from the world standard, he has some things to worry about. But you know what? It's overcoming him. 
because that's his focus. See, if we, if we focus on what's going on in the world too much, instead of on our Lord and his promises to us, it will, it will, uh, it will lead us away with the error of the wicked. Um, you know, you could focus on, you know, there's a lot of young people being killed and messed up in auto accidents. So really we shouldn't be giving our young people driver's license, right? Um, you know, what if war breaks out with North Korea or China or, well, uh, you know, that, that could happen. That could happen. But God hasn't changed. God's promises haven't changed. You know, there have been shootings in churches. So, quit going to church. Right? You know, there's been shootings in Durham, Raleigh, even Youngsville where I live. No, quit going to Youngsville. Actually, I'm moving this summer sometime, but, <laughs> uh, but that's not the reason I'm moving. Um, Lord willing, Lord willing. Uh, you know, we're not going to be any farther from here than we are now. But anyway, you know, there are, there are threats in our world everywhere, but that doesn't mean we should withdraw to a secluded place and sure, store up food and build barricades. And is that what Peter and Paul and John did? You know, Paul fled from city to city most of his ministry. He never stored up a thing. But he knew what it was to be hungry, and he knew what it was to be full. But see, he kept his eye on the Lord. He didn't allow the things of this world to, to undo his faith in the Lord. And we must not posture ourselves in response to the circumstance of the world and be seduced thereby. We're to continue walking by faith in obedience to the Lord. He says, without spot and blameless. You know, our world is filled with filth, becoming more and more so. But we have to be on guard. We're not to live in fear, but in faith. Have faith in God. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So, we're not to be seduced from the faith. Thirdly, we find our security in God's promises. Notice verse 15. It says, Account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. So, God's promise is salvation. Now, that word salvation simply means deliverance. Now, it can be used in several contexts. It can remember, it can be used... In, you know, we use it when we say, well, he got saved or he received salvation. We, we refer to the fact that he's been born again. He's, he's received forgiveness for his sins and been made a child of God through repentance and faith in Christ. And, you know, or it could mean that our salvation is one day we're going to be delivered from this present evil world. Uh, and, and we need to be secure in God's promise of salvation. Uh, you know, people are fearful that this world is going to be destroyed by a nuclear war. Well, I don't know if there will be a nuclear war. There may be, but I know this much. 
the world will not be destroyed, destroyed, completely destroyed by a nuclear war before the Lord comes. Because the Lord said he's going to destroy it. He's going to destroy it. Um, I know this much also, that there will be a rapture of the saints. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So, the world will not be destroyed, after all. If the world is destroyed, that means all of us are going to be destroyed and there will be nobody to rapture. Uh, so, the world's not going to be destroyed before the rapture of the saints. Before the Lord comes in the air for us, we, we have that recorded for us in 1 Thessalonians 4, where it says in verse 13, But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that mean, the word asleep there means those who have died already, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. This we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, that means to go before, them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So there's going to be a catching away of the saints, of the believers. And then, of course, according to Bible chronology, there will be a seven-year tribulation period. All the saved will be in heaven and the unsaved on earth, and it will be a time of God's judgment upon the nations of the earth and upon Israel and purifying of Israel. And, and, and of course, uh, that will last seven years. And, and after that, there's a thousand-year reign of Christ. Revelation 20 tells us about that. Now, God may use the technology that we have to destroy the earth. I mean, obviously, I think he's going to use the technology we have to that every man can't buy or sell without the mark. Uh, but we see here, he says... Account, be secure in God's promise, account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. The reason God waits, you know, some of you say, why don't God just take us all to heaven? Well, verse 9 tells us the answer. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish. Was that Brother Bishop always puts in his prayer letter? When the last one saved, the elevator's going up. Are you on? Or something of that effect. You know, someday the last soul is going to get saved that will get saved, and then the Lord's going to come. But he's not willing that any should perish. It's not God's desire that any person dies and goes to hell without Christ. But that all should come to repentance. So, his, his account, what, what, God's, uh, uh, um, what we are securing is that his, his, his long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, that we will receive salvation through him and be delivered from this present of every world. The fourth thing that I see here is we need to be continually studying the Scriptures as our anchor. Again, verse 15 and 16. An account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking to them of these things, 
which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures under their own destructions. So he makes reference there to the other scriptures of Paul. And we know that Paul has written much about the second coming of Christ. Uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians, he writes about it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, particularly, he writes more about it. 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, again, he writes about the, the rapture of the saints, verses 13 through 18. And then in, in chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians, he writes concerning the second coming of Christ uh, after the tribulation. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff in there. And so we need to be studying the scriptures lest we be unlearned, as he says here. He says the unlearned and unstable rest. In other words, they twist it. Uh, unstable means wavering and, and, and not steadfast. And you see... We must have a heart, to understand God's word, we must have a heart that is willing to receive it as it is. And not twist it to suit our own ideas or gain. Uh, you know, so many, so many times people, they, they want to they claim the promises of God, but they want to claim them for their own good. We, we talked about that in Sunday school class this morning, how that Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. And then the interesting thing is, so he went away from God. And the interesting thing is, every child he had, almost everyone he had, had the letters E-L on the end of his name. Now, in the Old Testament, anytime you see, like, Beth-El, L means God. Bethel, Beth, means house. So Bethel means house of God. So Methuselah, you have that, that A-E-L again on the end of the name. It means God. So, so Cain, though he didn't, he didn't want to do God's will, he would not listen to God. He, everything he did was really in opposition to God, but yet he wanted, he wanted to, a God of his own making that would suit his own end, and he tried to, to make God fit his plans. He was the first murderer. You know, you know what he was doing? He was mimicking God's promises by building him a city, a place of protection for himself when God said he would be his protection. But he didn't want God's protection. He wanted to do his own thing. See, too often people want to do their own thing. They don't want to submit to God's way. You know, if I'm going to take God at his word, then I've got to obey it. Isn't that a novel idea? Um, no. And we are to view current events in light of Scripture, not Scripture in light of current events. We must not come to the Scriptures as a self-help book by Joel Osteen. You know, become a better you, that kind of thing. Uh, no, man's problem is in his heart. You know, and, of course, he's got a book titled, Think Better, Live Better, Victorious Life Begins in Your Mind. No, it begins in your heart. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And out of, the, out, of, uh, out of the heart are the issues of life, Proverbs tells us. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. No, no man's problem is in his heart. You can be a, a positive thinker and far from God. Psalm 119.128 says, Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. So we must study the scriptures as our anchor for the soul and rightly divide the scriptures. Uh, 
First Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself in the God. Uh, Study to show thyself unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that word of rightly dividing has the idea of making straight or handling correctly. And it involves careful searching and comparing Scripture with Scripture, considering the context, uh, immediate context and the context of the whole Bible. And so, so we need to study the Scriptures. The fifth thing we see here is there need, we need to be steady in our growth. Notice verse 18. But grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. You know, it is God's desire for you and I to grow. Learn. Learn. Uh, if, we need, if we're, if we're going to be confident, steadfast, faithful in our walk with the Lord... We have to continue to learn. What can you to learn? You know, if you're going to have a business that's going to prosper, what do you have to continually do? Perfect it. Make it better. How do you do that? Oh, just keep doing the things you always do. Uh, Linda's over here going, uh, you know, you know she's, she's experiencing that. You know, you know you've got to continue to learn and, 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 and expand. And, and that, that has the idea of expanding your knowledge. You know, we need to learn more about God. Who God is. We see this throughout this whole book. Uh, for example, 1 Peter 2 and verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Chapter 3, verse 15 says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That means to set Him apart in your heart. Hide Him in your heart. Meditate upon Him. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So, set it in your heart to have an answer from the Lord. That means you're going to have to study the person of God. That means you need to be studying the Word of God. That's where you find uh, Him. Uh, Chapter 5 and verse 8 through 10. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after the, you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, again, it's God, that God of grace who can establish you, strengthen you, perfect. That means to mature, to increase your knowledge and understanding of Him. Again, all these things we see concerning, uh, concerning growing, steady in our growth for the Lord. Uh, somebody said, if you aren't growing, you're going backwards. You're not going forward. So, we need to be, we need to be growing. And, and so... We need to, we need to, to uh, grow in our grace and our understanding of Him. L- look at uh, Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 for just a minute. This was Paul's prayer for the church at Philippi. And Philippians 1 and verse 8 says, For God is my record, how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. This I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in love your love may abound yet more and more, I'm sorry, in knowledge, in an all judgment. Now, judgment has the idea of making right choices. 
decisions, having discernment to make the right choices in life. You know, we're, we're in our world today with, with the fast pace of technology and everything, we're bombarded with more and more things. Uh, you know, 60 years ago, it had been rare if you'd have heard about what's going on in China. But now we can hear about it as it's happening. And we have news from every part of the world at our fingertips. I even know the feelings of the people down the street. They put it on the, on, on the internet, on Nextdoor app. And some of them I want to laugh, and some of them I want to cry. Huh. You know. Anyway. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's mind-boggling. No, he says, we need to pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and all judgment. You know, people lack common sense. You know, when I grew up, they just called it plain old horse sense. Like Sarah Huckabee Sanders says, the world's just gone crazy. Crazy. Some of, don't, some of them don't even know what gender they are. No, he says that you approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ under the glory and praise of God. You see, we need to be growing in our understanding. Of the Lord. Now, if we're going to grow, we have to apply ourselves to this book. There's no alternative. Now, here's the amazing thing about living in today's world. With the technology we have, you can listen to it being read by somebody else. Now, I don't. I haven't done that very much. I do. I do. I do a lot of things the old-fashioned way. I know I'm, I'm kind of sticking to muddy old-fashioned way. But my wife does. She she you know has earbuds and and she reads it. And she said, and this, she told me the other day, she said, you know, I think I retain more of it by listening to it. And I think that's true. I think you do retain more of it by listening to it than actually reading it yourself. Now she's a speed reader. I don't. Her and I don't race to read books because she can read three while I read one. But I remember a lot more of what I read. But listening to it, see, is another dimension because you retain more of it. Hey, we've got, we've got technology that we can listen to people read the scriptures to us. It don't cost you anything. You can do it while you're working. You can do it while you're walking. You can do it while you're sitting in your house. You can do it when you're driving your car. You can do it all the time. I wonder how that would affect us if we really did. You know, Paul told Timothy, give attendance to reading, that thy profiting may appear to all. Now, there's a very well-known preacher who's, I think falling away in apostasy now, but one of the things he did say, you know, even apostates say some good things once in a while. He said that readers are leaders, and leaders 
read. You know, we need to be people that read the book. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to, to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be of good courage, strengthen thy heart. We live in apocalyptic days. But we shouldn't be worried or fretting about it. We're commanded to trust and rest in the promises of the Lord. And in his salvation, putting our faith and trust in the Lord, not only for salvation from sin, but from deliverance from this present evil world.